Claudia, and we're just two ladies talking about ladies. We wanted to create a safe space for women to voice their opinions on various topics about life and share their stories. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for hanging. All right, guys, welcome back to Nova Femme. Uh, This week, we're taking a little bit of a different approach to the episode. We wanted to talk about philosophy and sort of how that encompasses, uh, you know, womanhood, sort of the philosophy behind like what a woman is or what women represent in society and in culture uh, throughout history. So it's going to be sort of a an open dialogue for this episode. We're just going to be talking about ideas and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we just, um, (laughs) philosophy, uh, it's very weird. I feel very philosophical, (laughs) especially after (laughs) smoking weed, but (laughs) I, uh, I the like study of it has always made me really uncomfortable. I don't know why. In college, when I took philosophy classes, I just couldn't like comprehend what they were saying. And it's it's Mm -hmm. just odd because like I now I understand. I think maybe my brain wasn't like experienced enough to really understand what was going on. But, like, the <laughs> words that they were using weren't, like, connecting to me in a way that I truly understand what philosophy was. So I, like, kind of, mm-hmm. like, hid from it. So I feel very um, not in my comfort zone on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you mean, though, because I feel like philosophy in and of itself is just... It's just like literally how deep into a thought you can go, like how many layers, how complex, how you can connect that one thought to as many other things in the universe, pretty much everything in the universe, if you really want to get, you know, existential about it. And you know I do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, we're all stardust and (laughs) we're just we're just here for the ride. The universe just flows through (laughs) us and we just do its work until it's done with us and we return to it. (laughs) We are living on borrowed time, borrowed energy, borrowed life, and I'm loving every second of it. But uh But anyway, so what I really wanted to focus on for this episode was just talking about the thought of a woman, like what people think of when they think of something female, a woman, something feminine, just in general, uh, and how that connects to certain aspects of life that are hardwired. So for example, like mother, mother nature. Uh, you know, a lot of people refer to the earth as our mother. And I think that's interesting because obviously nature and the earth provides us life. It provides us warmth, comfort, everything that we need to survive. 
And we just automatically associate that with motherhood, which I think is, I've always thought that was really interesting. And I don't know if that's something hardwired into humans or if that's something that we as a society have just developed over time. What do you think? Well, I think like talking about, you know, taking a statement and then trying to connect it to different layers of, you know, what it means. You know, women literally birth life into this world. Yeah. Um, and like we were we were talking before recording and it's just I was saying how it's interesting how like the literal world is feminine yet women are second class humans on this planet that has been idolized as a feminine aspect and right how motherhood is seen as, like, such a strong thing. And I don't know if it's that way for everyone or just my bubble and my outlets and things that I read. And I'm sure there's places where motherhood is not as beautiful as... Well, see, that's that's an interesting point to bring up, though, because I would say that pretty much universally universally throughout the world throughout different cultures i would say that uh pretty much all of them can see the beauty and the importance of motherhood obviously women give birth to the next generation without women you know there is no life and i think most cultures you know can appreciate that to a certain degree but what i find interesting is that if there's this general understanding that women literally give life, then how is it that we separate what a woman is from motherhood? In, in the sense that we understand how important it is, there's literally no life without women, but then women's rights come into play. And I'm like, wait, that, like, that contradicts, in my opinion, like, we are all put like we all understand that there is no life without women like they're not there's nothing <laughs> but women are treated so differently in other cultures and i don't understand where that divide comes from you know i think that in a misogynistic culture which we live in <laughs> in america <laughs> and uh i think that um in that kind of culture, the only job for women is motherhood and birthing. I think that is a big theme. I think you see that throughout history with, like, you know, women literally being property <laughs> and not having access to their own funds or land or freedom to do what they wanted they couldn't read. There are so many, mm -hmm. so many fights that I think a lot of us take um, for granted that so many battles have had to be won for us to like be sitting here recording this podcast about the philosophy of women. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. think that gets, 
I think that gets lost when we talk like in big heady conversations like Mother Earth and like where's the disconnect? And I think the disconnect is that, yeah, motherhood is seen as this beautiful, wonderful thing and it's essential, but it's the only thing that matters. After you do that, you're, okay, we're done. You gave me a couple of kids, you passed it on, you did the birth and it was pretty and like, and I know that this is like a very pessimistic way of <laughs> generalizing things, but I, I'm taking like the history of women's suffering into play in this generalization, you know? Because, mm. you know, like we were talking about, there are matriarchal... Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Cultures with women leaders, you can say. <laughs> with, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're just going to edit this whole part out. It's just going to get cut right out, you know? All right, what was I talking about? Matriarchal. (laughs) Matriarchal. Matriarchal. Matriarchal society. (laughs) Can't get back to it? (laughs) I don't remember what I was saying. It was lost in the... I think, okay. (laughs) I don't know how that sounded for you listeners uh due to my editing skills but i'm just gonna um keep going (laughs) i feel like you shouldn't edit it out i feel like people want to hear what just happened uh can i i'm gonna put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode (laughs) very tired very much marijuana (laughs) Very much. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you put something into Google Translate. (laughs) Very much, much. matriarch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. And we're going to bring it back around. Uh, (laughs) So, um, So even though your last point was in your own words, you know, a little pessimistic. But I think that is very fair to say because, even, like, for generations, it's been like this. Uh, I would say even, you know, I guess since the beginning of time, uh, women have been considered less or maybe maybe it comes down to physical differences. We're smaller. I mean, men are generally more... They had more strength. They were, you know, the hunters. Aggressive. Yeah, they're, you know, generally more aggressive. But, I mean, from an evolutionary standpoint, that we needed that because the men, it's okay if the men go out hunting and die because you only need one to come back sort of alive, I guess. And all the women were, like, safe in the cave with the next generation. So, from an evolutionary standpoint, I sort of get it. Um, and I guess that's still relevant today-ish in different I ways. wonder, you know, thinking back to, like, cave people, <laughs> not that I know 
anything really about cave people. <laughs> you weren't there firsthand? <laughs> I wasn't, and I feel like one of my past lives was probably just like a rock or something during that time. <laughs> I really wasn't present. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I feel like that's your spirit animal, a rock. A rock. Like I would like to think like it's like a, <laughs> with the Google Oh my eyes. god! I, it is. A, that is it. No. <laughs> Can I at least say like love your friends or peace yeah. or something. On it? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying uh, about cave people? <laughs> I was okay. What I was saying was. That I wonder, okay, so thinking back to the very basic, probably incorrect, not like information that I have about this part of history. <laughs> so, women, you know, like you said, literally created the next generation of humans. <laughs> like, literally just did that. And then they also gather and they take care of and like you said like the men could die and the women would probably be fine they you only prob- need one man that's yeah. the thing you need a bunch and of women but you only need one man so when did it turn around to be you need all of these men and no women <laughs> like when what like I just think Western civilization, but I know that's just because I'm very biased against (laughs) Western civilization for creating, you know, a lot of bad things. But it's I it's interesting to think when did women have to start asking men permission to do things or was it always that way? And maybe we just have this like like this hopeful history that it wasn't that way. Well, it, it it's interesting when you look at it. And again, I'm not a historian or anything like that, but <laughs> there have been, you know, past civilizations where women, I would say, were pretty close to equal, uh, especially for that time period, like in um, ancient Sparta with the Spartans, they had a very... You know, they were very skilled fighters. They were, I would probably say, pretty progressive for that time period. uh, Because women, you know, they weren't allowed to be, like, the heads of the, of anything. But, what, I remember learning about this in middle school. And it got me, like, jazzed up. Because I'd never heard anything like this before. Especially for, like, an ancient civilization. Um, But Spartan women, specifically... Uh, if they were attacked by a man trying to, you know, force himself on her, if she was able to beat up the man or subdue him or even kill him, uh, she, you know, well, obviously if she killed him, he'd be dead. But uh, if she was able to subdue him or beat him physically and, you know, take him, I guess, to whatever authorities they had, uh, she would be protected and the man would be slaughtered. Like, just... and the But, like, they had a pride with their women being strong enough to fight off an attacker. Like, that was something that they, like, supported and encouraged women to, you know, take up combat, to learn how to, how to fight. Obviously, Sparta, you know, everybody knows the movies and stuff like that. 
can appreciate the fact that they saw value in their women being able to fight and defend their homeland while the men were off to war. That was like a big part of it, too. That was part of uh, the reason why they were so powerful and so feared amongst, you know, that time period is because even when the men were off at war, if they if you thought, oh, they're, you know, they're on the north side of the mountain, let's go to Sparta and take it over now. Nah, man, the women were there. They were ready and they would kick your butt if you tried. So there are examples of it. I, I think what's just surprising is why aren't there more examples or I should say, why aren't we learning about more examples? Like, I feel like there are probably dozens of more examples of civilizations that saw the value in women, saw them as equals or even as superior, you know? Uh, I mean, even uh, even in some countries in Africa, uh, when they used to have kings and everything like that, or, or uh, rulers, I'm not sure what their term is there, but... They, they had the uh, women warriors. They were like the best fighters. And they still have uh, they still have a few of those groups now. I know in one of the uh, like the uh, safaris, like the uh, nature reserves, they've got an all women team of, I guess, guardians that defend against poachers. And I, I read about that recently, and I thought that was really cool, too. So I don't know why there's just a skew as to it. It seems like the uh, I'm sorry, the patriarchy is all you ever learn about or all you ever hear about. So it feels very one one sided. Yeah. Well, you also have to think about, like, who is writing the history. Right. <laughs> right. But when you were talking about, like, um sparta and um like women protecting the homes while men are out to war i was thinking about how like you know in world war ii when all the men were out to war the women were taking over the jobs and they were getting like a taste of what it would be like to work and be out of the house and how when the war was over and all the men came back, they were kind of just like, all right, thanks. Uh, we don't need you anymore. We'll see you later. Go back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just, okay, bye. And then you think about, like, 50s and 50s, I mean, 50s and 60s and 70s, but, like, the 50s propaganda of, like, the housewife and, oh, like, yeah. the good housewife. And she stays at home and she makes her husband dinner and, Domestic. like, takes his shoes off and, like, really, really draining it and, like, draining, drilling. <laughs> Words are hard for me tonight. <laughs> um, They were just really, like, drilling it into young women's heads that, this is what you should aspire to be is this woman woman in this ad mm-hmm. who is the perfect housewife and that's the perfect woman and you know that goes along with like making people uncomfortable about their weight and stuff and thinking that you have to be a size zero to be loved by anyone that's all propaganda by like you know fashion industries and the man mm-hmm. <laughs> i put the man in quotes guys <laughs> relax <laughs> but 
it's interesting because then, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you know, the women's movement started up and women were gathering and coming out and being like, no, fuck this. We want equal rights. Like, we want equality. And, I mean, Vietnam happened, too. So uh, that was, like, another jumping point for women to, like, get on top of, too, and be like, yeah, that's messed up, but let's also talk about everything else that's messed up. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes when big things come up, it's, like, this huge topic and it's this massive thing and then people don't look into the little things that trickle off of it and, like, okay, yeah, this big aspect is really you know, scary and bad and we have to take care of it. But like because of this big ass thing, we have all of these little things happening too. Mm-hmm. And we need to take care of these little things too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, with like the end of World War Two and then into Vietnam, like women were like, okay, this is bad, but us too. Like we, someone needs to help us. Like we need to stop this shit. This is ridiculous. And I feel like we're still screaming that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this is ridiculous. And, you know, it's crazy how Gaia was the first Greek goddess and she is Mother Earth. She is human nature. She was created out of chaos, which I loved so much <laughs> learning exactly. about it in college. <laughs> she just created herself out of all of this chaos and was just like, all right, let's create balance. Let's um, create focus and life and, like, no one is doing anything. It's just fighting and fighting and fighting, and you're not creating anything out of all of this wasted energy. And so there's just, I don't know. (laughs) My thought, like, fizzled off. I, I feel like I see what you're saying. It's like the division is what's causing the problem. Um, And I feel like that... I feel like that is the issue because, yes, we are, you know, different genders, obviously, but we are all still human, which I think is... As far as rights goes, I feel like that's kind of the lens that people should be looking through is... And again, it equal rights for women for for every other group as well we need to keep fighting for but i just feel like why is there a fight when it should just be human rights uh personally but again i think that is just the division itself i think is something that has been ingrained you know, in us for so long um also with the how like if to you and I, these things are so obvious and it's baffling why we still have to talk and why we have to, like, you know, create this podcast to, like, try to have more conversations with more women and try to connect more women together to, like, show everyone that we have this, like, connecting force and if we're unison we're so powerful and we can do so much but the people that are against these obvious human rights are people that think that they're gonna lose something Mm -hmm. if someone gains something 
That's also something that has been drilled into our heads for so long, especially as Americans. Like, if someone else has this, it means that you don't. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but you already have human rights as a straight white man. (laughs) You're not going to lose your right to be as audacious and, like, as whatever you want to be as possible. Just, like, give someone else a fucking chance for once. But yeah. sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's a, that's no, it's a good point to bring up. Um, I think that I think that is a generational thing as well, because we are seeing progress. I know it. I know it seems very slow, but I guess that's human nature. We are resistant to change uh, as a default. But you know, people even like you know philosophers like the there's a woman that I researched. Uh, for this podcast, her name is Simone de Beauvoir. Sounds very fancy. I'm not sure if I pronounced it right. But, it sounded right. You know, <laughs> she was alive in 1908 to 1986. And she was a very, well, She, I guess she is still a very famous female philosopher. Um. But part of this sort of irritated me when I read it. But again, you have to remember, like, you know, 19th century. Uh, Part of the reason she was allowed to publish these books and have authority to speak her mind in certain ways is because her lifelong partner, Jean-Paul Sartre, not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but her husband... (laughs) was also a very famous, well-known philosopher. So a lot of what I read about her was that (laughs) a lot of what's known about Simone is because she married, you know, Jean-Paul. So Mm -hmm. again, that in and of itself irritated me. But then, so she's famous for her book. Uh, The title is The Second Sex. And it's essentially a book about how... (laughs) women are secondary to men like in every way (laughs) she refers to women as quote-unquote the other uh we're completely separate from men's spheres of influence and also their problems which i thought was interesting um because they're the way she says those two statements the fact that we're this quote-unquote second sex makes it seem lesser already right off the bat but then at the same time though i feel like there is validity in the statement that we're the other because currently right now we are labeled as other that's why we have to fight for certain rights that men never have to fight for men never have to fight for their reproductive rights so i feel like we are separate in that sense but I feel like in no way are we secondary. And I just Mm -hmm. thought it was really interesting. Again, this is the 19th century. So, you know, at the same time, you have to be impressed that Simone was even able to publish this book and to, you know, have the authority to speak her mind this way. So I applaud her for that. Um, I think it is, it's interesting. I feel like it is still very relevant that we are still labeled as other. Yeah, and I feel like her saying, like, secondary sex 
it might be more for like dramatics almost like to catch your attention and to like hurt you like I feel like your reaction to being called the second sex I think is what she might have been like going for Mm -hmm. for women to kind of like wake up a little because sometimes we need to be like shook (laughs) like sometimes Mm -hmm. for us to like really wake up and think about like you said like that time period the way people thought and how people were told to act and things we just go about normally typically I mean before uh pre-pandemic we uh just (laughs) existed you Mm -hmm. know there were like social norms and sometimes we thought about them but and I'm like uh, objective or not objective <laughs> projecting I cannot get my words right <laughs> I, but you know it there was like social norms that you just kind of went along with like whether they were misogynistic or not whether you like agreed with it or not it's just like something that when you're a part of a society I feel like you just kind of go along with something especially if you know you're not the most oppressed being like a white woman in this society like Mm I am oppressed as a woman but I do have a lot of privilege as a white person and I think that maybe that was the thing that she was trying to like be like okay I'm gonna make you feel something because I feel like when you're in that state you're kind of numb you know when you're kind of just going with emotions and Mm -hmm. if you're kind of just like going from like you maybe get an education and then you get married right away Mm -hmm. or you get married without finishing your education and then you have kids and then you're a mother and then like you have to like look good in society and I mean I'm not like saying it's okay but like you're just going through all of these things and Mm -hmm. you know you pick up this book and it says second sex and you're like I'm not the second sex like is that about me and then you look into it and you think a little bit more and it's like okay, well, why did I have that reaction? Mm. Do I feel like the second sex ever? Maybe I do in certain situations Mm -hmm. where, like, maybe in that time period where, like, the man would speak for the woman or something or, like, you wouldn't even be addressed in a room because it was just, like, men talking to men and you're just standing there and you're like, oh, okay, I don't exist. And I don't know. That's that's where my mind went when Mm -hmm. you were saying that. But, um... The other part, yeah. But if you just, like, even think about, like, the words that we use to describe humans. Mm -hmm. Humans. (laughs) We're women. Females, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the male, the man, it's the dominant, and then we're just, like, added on. It's, like, man plus. second. (laughs) Yeah. It's second. Yeah. So, (laughs) even the, like you know, mankind, <laughs> like, all of these words that we use all of the time, and, like, I mean, I don't know what the alternative is, like, I don't know what you're gonna go around calling women instead of women, but it's just, it's, like, so rooted in even just the basics of language. Yeah, yeah. That's that we really... are other, but we're just, you know, man plus <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that you brought up a really interesting point actually with language and the actual words that we use 
That's really interesting. I never thought about that uh, in that light before. It's literally... And it's it's a shame, too, because that's the only way that we can express ourselves is Mm -hmm. with this male-dominated, male-selected, pre-written language. (laughs) That's wild. I think we're lucky to live in a time where we're realizing that there aren't just two genders. There aren't Mm -hmm. just two kinds of sexualities. There's so many layers to each person Mm -hmm. and like I think that the language will adapt with it and hopefully at some point we'll have different ways of describing ourselves that aren't so binary because binaries really set us into you're either this or you are that there is nothing else and it's like no that like in between those two things is where all the good stuff is. <laughs> right in that middle, just swimming in there. That's where all it. the like <laughs> fun and open feelings and Yeah. You know. I think we are getting there, you know, with even with just the pronouns. Uh now I think you could say they or theirs, them. So as far as, you know, woman and man, I feel like just human. Yeah. You know? It's also interesting, like, I have this thing where I kind of, you know, I love myself and my body, but I am more body neutral. Like, I don't really look at, um, I don't get on the scale unless I'm at the doctor, and I really don't spend much time looking at my body that often, um, unless I'm feeling real good, and then I'm just, like, checking myself out, (laughs) but, (laughs) like... I think that we're moving towards a more gender neutral world and I from what I've gained from being you know what dealing with my body dysmorphia into like you know being body neutral I have gained so much just not thinking about it anymore and just like not caring and I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about people's pronouns or we shouldn't. I think we should care more, actually. Mm -hmm. I think using gender neutral pronouns is not making up some like assuming who who you're talking to because you don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my younger sister recently taught me that to be like a better ally, I should put my pronouns wherever I can even though I do use she, her pronouns, Mm -hmm. it just normalizing uh, people giving their pronouns out and asking for their pronouns where, like, people like us that, you know, nobody's going to question our pronoun when we tell them, but talking about it more, using language and speaking about it. That's Mm -hmm. why, like, this podcast is going to be so awesome because we're just talking things out and hopefully starting conversations and like a little community of you know big thinkers (laughs) (laughs) I love it yeah we what we're trying to encompass though is the pattern of Mm. thinking around women Mm -hmm. yeah Um, you know even quote-unquote the first story ever told Adam and Eve right uh God made Adam first, I believe, out of clay. Not sure. Somebody can fact I don't check me on that know one. about that one. I Is think clay? clay 
No, I think clay is more like mythology. I think oh, he just God like just Adam? like went poof. Okay, all right. So he poofed Adam, right? Adam was, pooped Adam. <laughs> poof with an F, not poop. I mean, maybe nobody knows. <laughs> they don't write that also part like in the book. <laughs> talking about heady things, are we really gonna believe that God is a he? <laughs> all right, wait. We gotta unpack that after this, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, weird. I guess that's like a power dynamic, though. But anyway, uh, so God poofed Adam into existence. And instead of, I just always thought this was weird because, okay, God made a human out of nothing. Like, why not just make, like, a second human also out of nothing? But no, God wanted to get, like, crafty with it and, like, decided to be a surgeon, took a piece of Adam's rib, and that is what he made Eve from. It's just... It's like stories like that where women are defined in relation to man. Women are not thought of as our own identity. We're not thought of as our own being because, quote unquote, there is no woman without man. So like that in and of itself just blows my mind. But again, I I feel like that is the pattern that I've noticed personally just doing some of this research and from my own personal experiences and I don't know why that is and it makes me so angry (laughs) (laughs) and yeah why why do we call God a he it makes a lot more sense to be for her for him whatever for whoever it is (laughs) to be a woman because a creator of life you know, women, quote unquote, poof, new humans out of our bodies. So like, but you have to think like, <laughs> you know, these are, I, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. No, but, that is never our intention is to offend. No, anybody. no. But these are stories that someone wrote at some point, whether they're true or not, they're stories that were written by someone And so you've got to think, like, as we were saying, like, throughout history, the male dominance, of course God is going to be a man. If men think they're the greatest, like, most powerful sex and, like, women are just for babies, then, which, again, (laughs) is generalizing (laughs) and it's a bit negative. Trigger warning. (laughs) I am aware. (laughs) But you got to think, like, if it's just another way to, like, feed this idea that it goes men than women. Mm -hmm. It's just in, like, in the biggest way possible written in the Bible, which, you know, might be true. But it's still a written story from a perspective Mm-hmm. And there are many perspectives to every single story, as my mother would say. <laughs> There's always three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the truth got lost in this one. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, disclaimer. No, no, we're, we weren't there, so we're not, you know, not trying to upset anybody. If you were but, there and you saw what happened, please let us know. All right. Please educate us. If 
So no, I don't want to act like I'm. I'm not like mocking, <laughs> but like if someone saw someone take a rib out of someone well, and then made a human see, out of them, please the tell me. <laughs> Adam was the first one, so he's the only one that can say if it was true or not. But then you gotta think like, so no, that's a whole another. <laughs> I'm not even go. I'm not gonna do it because I was, you know. I'm not even gonna go that way. Um, but I'll go a different way because oh, I'm gonna well, keep it I, on track. I mean, going off of this same story though, right? So fast forward, Adam and Eve doing their thing, getting along great, having a great time in the in the sacred garden. Um, and I think it's very interesting, you know, the story with the serpent and the tree of knowledge and Guess who took the bite of the apple? Not Adam. Could never be Adam. Adam's too smart for that. Eve I'm rolling my eyes. Took <laughs> the bite of the apple and doomed all of humanity. Um, there's a lot to unload with that. But in, even in parallel to that, though, same thing like Pandora's box. I was just going like, to say Pandora's wh- box. I was why? just going to say. Why? Why? Men are just incapable of, of doing anything that. But it's it crazy because them. technically uh, God is a, a man, apparently. And he created the serpent who created the chaos, who tricked Eve into doing whatever. I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not religious, so I don't know the story that well. With those apples there in the first place. And then also, like, Hades, the (laughs) god of hell, created Pandora's box. So also, a man created chaos and then tricked a woman into dealing with it. And you could go, you could dig deep into that statement. You yes. could go down and be like, oh, very much true. But, you know, it's funny because I am not religious at all. And, but I'm very spiritual mm-hmm. and I believe in like the universe and I believe that she is guiding us. And it's just, I feel this energy in me all the time and I can feel my, when I'm going on the right path and when I'm going on the wrong path and when she's like, you know, calling me a second sex and trying to wake me up Mm -hmm. and get me moving and thinking and going and I can just like feel the, it's this divine feminine energy that I just like sense all around me all the time and, you know. That is Nova Femme. This, it is Nova Femme. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's like a narrative and a belief system that I've come up with at the age of like 23. Like it took me 23 years to get there. But for the first for 23 years, I was fed that story about Adam and Eve and that God was a guy and like Jesus was white and like all of this stuff just like shoved into my face all the time and like you can't escape it it's everywhere it's in our like media it's like on tv all the time it's so normalized that people forget there are other religions besides christianity Mm -hmm. and i mean not that like you know god 
is a woman in many of them, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you look back, if you look at, like, cultures where there are many gods and, like, the female gods in those cultures are just the dopest <laughs> out of them. And they're, like, typically the smartest and the wisest. And, like, you, you look at Athena and, you know, all of these women. It's just... It's like, yeah, those are my superheroes. <laughs> those are... That's what I believe in. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I'm going to pick one, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is, and it is nice. You know, I know we're, we're joked around a lot uh, for this episode, but just because it's such a such an abstract concept that I feel like you sort of have to joke around about it, make it lighthearted. But, you know, we, I'd say both of us, we have like the utmost respect for all religions and all cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we're just trying to point out the, the differences and the similarities between the two from our, our unique perspective here in the United States as white women. I don't know. I am, and I am curious too. I'd love to, you know, once we launch the podcast, I'd love to get input from women Mm -hmm. from around the world and see like how their experience is like, like, do they have similar stories? of mm-hmm. you know pandora's box or adam and eve that they grew up with um or even just you know or maybe stories set. where like it wasn't adam and eve or pandora's mm-hmm. box it was like the woman was the hero and yeah. like she's the coolest and stuff like that we really want to open this up to like a bigger conversation we just want to be like the the starting point and then we can't wait to meet you guys so we can like bring you in and we can just like hang out (laughs) (laughs) yeah no we definitely would love input and feedback and again we're always looking to better ourselves and uh if you have some knowledge you'd like to drop on us please educate us and uh and yeah you know we we love talking to you guys we will be back next week with uh another awesome topic uh, you have anything else to, to add, Claudia? Um, just that uh, I love all of you, and <laughs> uh, thanks for letting us have this space to be ourselves. <laughs> awesome. All right, have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>